Hey everyone, it's Henry, Mike, and Jeff of The Decentralists, and welcome to the next hot topic. This one is called Diving into the DMA. <laughs> what's a DMA? Well, we're talking about what's going on in Europe. The EU has proposed a new law called the Digital Markets Act, or DMA. And this law would apply to large companies providing what they call core platform services on the internet. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, social networks, uh, search engines, um, uh, companies that have a market cap of at least 75 billion euros or <laughs> total sales of over 7.5 billion euros. So these are huge companies like Facebook, Google, Twitter, and, and, and even the European darling Spotify. Now, the EU has always had fairly strict privacy laws in just about everything they do, but their enforcement has been pretty toothless. Mm. Uh, honestly, in many cases, people like Facebook, they've simply paid the fine, <laughs> the money they found under the couch cushions in the lunchroom. Must be nice. And just carried on. You know what I mean? They have that much cash. I couldn't even pay a parking ticket with the stuff in my couch cushions. <laughs> Oh, didn't they tow your car, Mike? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, this new law proposes sanctions that are far more painful and a fines that can amount up to 10% of global annual sales uh, or even 20 for repeat offenders. So, Jeff, let's start with you. It sounds great on paper, but this kind of regulation, is it possible in the EU? As my mother would have said, um, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So, so we just we just don't know yet what what's going to happen with this law and how things are going to how things are going to flesh out. the The goal here is to attempt to drive competition um, in Europe, uh, and, and by extension, that competition will will drive around the world. Um, so, it is the goal is to make it easier for or one of the goals, in addition to protecting privacy, protecting EU citizens, one of the goal is to make it easier for um, for smaller entrants to um, to come into the market. So, so what does that mean? Well, um, for example, one of the things that are that's in this law is the requirement for what is called messaging interoperability. Mm -hmm. And and what that means is that if you were a company in Belgium and you wanted to create your own messaging platform that had mm -hmm. something, some unique characteristic or so on, um, it, it would be today. It, it's somewhat difficult to get people to use your platform because in order to gain critical mass, you need to have everybody else using your platform as well. And this is something that, um, that we're dealing with in many one where, uh, part of our identity platform includes messaging. Well, you can only message other people that are also using using the ManyOne platform. Yeah, it's a closed system. It's Everybody's messaging. App. Right. So if I want to message one friend, I have to know, oh, I've got to use SMS for this person and for this person. Well, they're only using WhatsApp and this person's on Signal and I've got to message this person through Telegram. <laughs> Been there. And this mm -hmm. person's on WhatsApp and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and this person's on nothing. And so, and maybe... You know, I have to fax this person if I want to reach him. <laughs> so it is, um, you know, it, it is this, it is this hodgepodge. Well, what they're saying is we want everybody to 
um, interoperate. So I should be able to send a WhatsApp to someone on SMS and Signal should be able to transmit to Facebook Messenger. And so if this little guy in Belgium comes along, uh, he should be able to just plug into the WhatsApp network. So oh. this is a, this mm-hmm. is an example of of the kind of thing that that they're asking for. And I'll add not just messages, but but things like um, voice and video integration as well. Oh my! Right. So you know, you know, so across across multiple platforms, um, and and that sounds, you know, that sounds great. But the possible concern that some ad that some privacy advocates have have raised is is this going to um, you know do more harm than good where. A, a highly secure messaging app will have to open its front door to communicate with a highly insecure messaging platform like oh. like SMS. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on the one hand, you can say, well, this is great. Rising tides lift all boats and everybody will be more secure. The downside of it is a lowering tide lowers all boats and, right. and, uh, and, and, and everything will become less secure. Well, Jeff, there's even another problem that I just thought of, and that is, well, if they're all integrated and interoperable, uh, wouldn't that mean there's more metadata and targeting and they can share all of that sort of thing between the, the, the platforms so we'll be inundated with even more messages we don't want? Well, there are some protections for, um, you, you know, for in the at legislation, there are some protections for one at, what are known as data combina- combination and cross-use. And basically, uh, Europeans users have to give their explicit consent for Aha, that. That's right. So, so in theory that, um, you know, in theory that piece of the equation is covered, but the other piece that you touched on, you know, moments ago, which is very insightful is more of the metadata side of it, which is if you are communicating, for example, within the many one network, um, then you can operate with great confidence knowing that there is no, metadata being gathered there's no information right. there's there's mm-hmm. no personal stuff but if you then wanted to go out to the sms network um well you would need to spoof a telephone number in order to do that oh no we would need your phone number right or if you mm-hmm. wanted to tie into facebook messenger mm-hmm. which they're cleverly trying to just brand as messenger now um then you would need to know your facebook data That's and right. so you are this you, you're providing this interoperability to let these smaller platforms come to market, um, but as a result, you are now sprinkling metadata all across the network as you as the convenience of one platform. That's right. Okay. You know, okay. again, you're you're you're. It always seems to be the case that you are shedding privacy for convenience, and it's it's frustrating. Absolutely. To me, what this, you know, Jeff touched at it at the very beginning when he said that this is about competition, okay? So the EU was very successful in their efforts to create a global standard for data protection in GDPR, mm-hmm. okay? The general data protection uh, requirements, right? 
And the way they were able to do that, and this is the this is what government regulators do all the time. I mean, Henry, you'll probably remember the the when we were when we were selling security software, and the state of Massachusetts put a law like this in place, mm-hmm. where what they basically do with GDPR is they say if you have or can be reasonably expected to have any personally identifiable data from any citizen of any European country. So if you've got one person from Romania in your database, possibly, you need to, you need to obey GDPR. Wow. Okay. So you need to essentially take all of these measures to prove that you're securing these people's data, right? The DMA is basically the commercial equivalent of GDPR. I think what the Europeans are trying to do here is they're basically looking at the fact that right now the narrative is dominated by the large, generally US-based tech companies. Mm -hmm. They have all of this personal data, but they also control the levers of what goes in and out. Okay. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, look, if you're Facebook and you have every incentive because you're the dominant player in social media to basically block any other you know, connections to the Facebook timeline or to the connections to the Facebook network, they're going to say, uh-uh. Okay. And if you, and, and if you basically, you know, if you're going to come in and you're Facebook and you're going to come to France and you're going to offer your service to France, you're going to pay for that. Right. What, and how you're going to pay is you're going to pay by letting everybody, any other developer in France build an app and connect to that. Uh-huh. Right. And so if you think about this in the context of this discussion, uh, you know, that we just had about, you know, blocking and stopping the Internet, for example, or filtering it in, in say, places like Russia or China or something, this isn't a bad thing. Right. I mean, basically allowing little, say, independent Russian app providers to build a messaging platform that allows you to communicate to your Facebook or your WhatsApp friends when Facebook and WhatsApp get shut off in Russia may not necessarily be a bad thing, Mm -hmm. okay? And what it does is it also levels the playing field when it comes to competition. And that's what this is meant for. You remember back when, when, a few years ago, when Donald Trump was president and the French government said, look, we're we're sick and tired of of basically Facebook taking 30 billion in revenues every year out of the French citizens and paying zero taxes to France, okay? This does nothing that doesn't help us at all. Our people are getting, are using kind of after-tax dollars to do all these things, and they're literally, we're not getting a piece of this. And so this DMA is essentially focused on that piece of the business, is no longer can there be dominance of certain players, we're not going to make it easy, we're going to make you pay, and we're going to make, you know, we're going to make the fines huge, and now countries like Australia and Canada and other countries who also want their piece of this social media pie can can piggyback off of the DMA just like just like other countries have piggybacked off GDPR that that to me is the reason for this this is you know you're, there's two problems with the internet one is kind of you know freedom of communications and the, the manipulation and data tracking and you know all this stuff that happens when centralized and you're just you know swallowing this pipeline of stuff and the other one is is breaking the dominance of three or four companies and making it so that there are French companies that can compete and there are German companies that can compete and things like that. Okay. So, Jeff, uh, based on what Mike has said and how you 
explain DMA, I kind of like it because it gives more control and, and essentially more power to the individual user. But what do they think about it, this in the States? Because most of these massive companies are American companies. And it seems to me, if they want interoperability, that would cost these companies an awful lot of money to to, to, to enable. Yeah, it's a it's a great point. And I would I would say that were were we to depend on the United States for this, and by the United States I mean the US Congress, I would say we're, we would never see this legislation. We would we would never see these kind of requirements. Um, the U.S. Congress plays, you know, sorry, pays a lot of good lip service to ideas of mm-hmm. privacy and internet, and you know the the Republican Party is screaming about internet censorship, and the Democratic Party is screaming about how you know the top ten people on Facebook are Ben Shapiro and right wing. Uh, you know, right-wing individuals. Um, so, uh, but you know, in in a nutshell, the the Congress is completely stalemated, um, and, and and nothing can happen there. So, I, it's just it's as it's constituted today. I mean, perhaps I'm sounding too cynical, but um, but it, it it does feel almost impossible. But what's you know what's important to note here is is much like Mike said about how. Um, how the European regulations affected people in other countries if they had data on on Europeans. Mm-hmm. The same thing can happen here, where you know there's 450 million people, I, I believe, you know, citizens in the EU, which is you know almost 100 million more than the USA. Right. So if you are developing s- software, if you're obeying laws, regulations. If this is what Europe says, you'll just you'll just go along with that, um, and and America will sort of come along for the ride. Canada will come along for the ride. It's similar to how in the U.S., mm-hmm. California determines what the emission regulations are for all cars ah, cold, sold in the U.S. Right? right, because California is the largest market, the largest economy. So Ford and Chrysler and Nissan build to that standard, and that's what everybody gets. And also what everyone in Canada gets, because it's just yeah, it's true. And so I, I think the you know I think the same thing will happen here, where we can. So so I believe that Americans will see those advantages, uh, but they won't be because of American initiative. They will be because of European initiatives. Well, and and I think just to add to that, I mean, you know, the the California example is a really good one. We wouldn't have that third brake light if it wasn't for California. We wouldn't have unleaded gasoline if it wasn't for California. Okay. So, you know, this shows you the power of this regulation should, you know, people want to get behind it. But I, I think to me, the, you know, I, I agree with Jeff that the, you know, the kind of the, the, you know, say governmental paralysis in the United States is a big issue to any kind of large regulatory thing ever making it real. Um, but I think that the bigger issue is, is, you know, the U S government and, and probably even, I think to the extent, maybe even the U S population, why would, what's their incentive to, to basically limit the power of their own tech companies? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, there's, there are people out there that, that will, and I mean, I think us included that would say, would argue that, well, is it any, you know, 
sitting there and pointing a finger and you know at, at at TikTok and saying, well, they're a Chinese company and they're collecting data on American citizens is kind of a bit hypocritical because they're collecting it on everybody else. And nobody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And people talk about it in terms of, of, you know, lip service. Oh yeah, Myanmar, genocide, blah, blah, blah. But Facebook is still there. They're still vacuuming data and they're still making billions of dollars, you know, kind of radicalizing people. So I think there's no, there's, there's not a lot of incentive to agree, okay, to rein in this stuff because I think there's too much value in it. But the other thing is, is that remember there's, and I, I kind of alluded to it and then I lost the point, but I'll get back to it, which was. If you remember a couple of years ago when Donald Trump was president and the French tried to do this, where they said, we want our piece of France, of the French, you know, we want taxes on the companies and the revenues that they generate with French citizens to come back to France, which to me seems logical. And and the response from the American government was over, basically, in a, you know, air quotes, over our dead body, are we giving up the sovereignty to tax our corporations mm-hmm. to another country, right? And they basically followed it with like, you know, massive punitive tariffs on wine and cheese and truffles, stuff like this, right? So the idea is, is there's a perception that that a, the, the, the GDPR, you can't really argue that one, right? You can't really say, well, this is, this is crappy regulation because it protects people's data. Well, who's going who's gonna to get reelected on that platform, <laughs> right? Nobody. Right. But if you go out there and say the DMA is a direct attack on American capitalist values and the, you know, the, the global dominance of American companies, Mm -hmm. then I think that's a non-starter and that does get people elected. And that, that's, that's why I think it'll never happen in the States. Okay. So that's, okay. That's your view. Jeff, um, what is your view to finish up here on, on, on the possibility that DMA will even pass? I think the odds of it passing are are quite high. Uh, I think the again to to repeat my mother, the proof is in the pudding. I think some of what the uh, you know what the EU regulators are asking for is is difficult from a technical perspective. Yeah. So right. seeking consent, you know, uh, allowing for privacy, all that stuff is is fairly easy. But things like expecting that. Um, social media sites can interoperate where if you want to create your own little social media site and it will interoperate precisely with Facebook, where when people post things there, it, you know, appears in Facebook. I mean, whole other subject about what Hootsuite has been trying to do in Vancouver yep. for, for years, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, you know, legislating that kind of technical stuff that's also secure and safe and all of these things, it's, it's a tough nut to crack. Uh, so I think these, these tech companies will probably be able to come back and say, this is hard or it's expensive or, or, or what have you. Uh, but I think the, the privacy stuff, that's, um, you know, I think there's no reason that, that they can't do that. Um, you saw that, uh, you know, you saw that a couple of years ago when, Every website you go to now asks you questions about cookies. That's well, right. We never, right. we never saw that before, um, and that was thanks to EU legislation. Everyone grumbled and said it wasn't possible, and now there it is. Right. So, 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 never say never. Um, but, uh, but I do think it's it's perhaps more challenging than 
than the regulators might think. Yeah. Well, no, that's really good insight there from both of you. And, uh, you know, I must say there's a heck of a lot more information that you were able to convey than just the article that I read. So it's, so I thank you for that. One of the things we're going to have to do is keep our eyes open and see exactly what transpires regarding DMA, uh, because maybe, you know, it will, it will just be wired down a bit, but maybe it will add to the control that consumers have over the digital giants. We can, we can only hope so, but, uh, We'll keep a watch. Well, and I think that's the point, Henry, you know, to kind of just finish this, right? I mean, you know, it, it is a, as I said, the DMA is a, uh, is basically a financial, you know, kind of carrot and stick. Okay. The carrot is if you're one of these companies that's over 75 billion in market cap and does over seven and a half billion dollars, right? I mean, they're, they're clearly picking out the big guys, <laughs> obviously. So they're basically saying, look, here's the carrot. If you essentially adapt your technology to be more friendly and more acknowledging of end users and their, their, what's best for them in terms of, you know, competition and different apps and different UIs, you know, things like this, and you're willing to, you know, basically play by the rules, you can still make the money you make in France, Mm -hmm. right? You can come in here and you can keep doing business with these French people. Okay. But if you aren't going to do that, if you're not willing to do that, and that could be like to, like Jeff says, they could, you know, complain and say, this is almost impossible and it's going to make, you know, WhatsApp less secure, or it's going to make YouTube less functional, or it's going to, you know, whatever. Well, then your choice is there's a clear, continue to operate the way you want and pay $10 billion or 10% of your annual turnover in fines, Mm -hmm. right? Pay the seven and a half billion dollars a year off your seventy-five billion or seven hundred fifty million euros a year off your seven and a half billion in in uh, in revenue, and that's our way to get our taxes, right? Uh-huh. That's why we yeah. get our money. Or open up and let us build our own ecosystems in our countries, where French competitors can come in, set up smaller apps, do these things, and still utilize you know the the the, the networks that people have already built. Right. Pick one. Pick one. Do business more more equally, more competitively, and more openly, right, while respecting your users' privacy, or just basically t- face the headlines and pay the fine. Well, it's going to be very interesting to follow, and uh, I thank you both for the update today. Thank you, Henry. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, Henry.